Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook-hoarding, literacy teacher educator on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast, a podcast where we explore the power of reading and writing to cultivate a life we love. Each week, I offer a bit of bibliotherapy and share three books you need to know about on a bookish theme to fuel our reading hearts and help us grow through what we go through. But that's not all. I also invite you to extend those bookish themes into your own life through notebooking, lifelong learning, and creativity to experience the life-changing magic of reading in our lives. And the best part? Each episode is only 20 minutes or less, so you can spend less time listening and more time reading. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone, Stephanie here with a bonus episode of the Get Literate podcast. I know it's a Thursday and this is unexpected, but I wanted to bring you a little sneak peek into what you could expect inside my Get Literate Patreon community. That is an extension of this podcast and we talk all things bookish and notebookish. Each month, we focus on a particular theme that makes us happier, healthier, more creative, more organized, and just more in tune with our intentions. This month, our theme is flanner. Now I know, sometimes I pronounce that a bit wrong, but basically what it means is to intentionally stroll through life wondering with a sense of curiosity and seeking for joy. So that's what we're doing all month long. We're reading books on that theme. We are diving into our reading response notebooks, and we've got live events to help us tune into what's most important and what's most joyful about our reading lives. Now, in any given month, inside our Get Literate Patreon community, you will find a bibliotherapy book calendar, which is basically a book recommendation a day on the theme of the month. You'll find coaching for your literate life, things to make your reading and writing life better, happier, and more joyful. You'll find live events like our monthly book club sessions, our literary society meetings, our notebook parties, planning parties, virtual retreats, and more. We even have episodes where we partner with independent bookstores from across the United States so that they can recommend what their top book recommendations are. And the newest feature coming this month is a spotlight feature on makers that can make our reading and writing life more joyful too. So there's lots going going on inside our Get Literate Patreon community. So if that sounds like something that's right up your alley, you can learn more at getliterate.co. But for now, here is the latest episode from our community about flannering through our reading lives by creating a reading response journal. So enjoy, and maybe I'll see you inside our Get Literate community. Hey everyone, Stephanie here with another bonus episode inside our Get Literate Patreon community. Today I am here with a little bit of coaching for your literate life. Now today's episode really has come to me in a couple of different directions. 
have received a question a couple of times, both from members inside of the community, as well as on social media, and it pairs perfectly with our theme of the month. So you know what our theme is. Let's see if I can say it right. Flannering or flanner. We are a flanner. I have, I have still done so many pronunciation keys and I'm still not sure if I'm saying it right, but flannering or flannering is what we're doing. And basically that is strolling through life with an intentional eye, seeking beauty, seeking joy, seeking curiosity, wherever we can find it. Well, that's a beautiful life lesson for us to embrace for this entire month, particularly as the seasons start to change into autumn. I thought it was the perfect metaphor for our reading life as well. How can we flanner or how can we offer flannering through our reading life, right? It's so easy right now. I think with social media and book talk and Instagram or bookstagram to focus on the number of books we should read, the number of books that should be in our monthly post, catching up with all of the new releases that everyone seems to be getting to. It's a lot of pressure to keep up with a reading life, especially if you're trying to share yours online. But what if we took that same advice of strolling through life with an eye on curiosity and intention and joy? What if we did that to our reading life? How would that change how we read books? We wouldn't just be reading them to put them on our Goodreads list and move on to the next one that we've been trying to get to in our stack. We'd hang on to it for a while. Maybe we read slowly. Maybe we would stay a while inside of those pages. And maybe, which is what we're going to talk about today, we might have a reading notebook, particularly a reading response notebook. So this is a question that I have gotten a couple of times. Stephanie, you have so many notebooks. Is one of them a reading response notebook? Or Stephanie, I have a reading response notebook and I keep notebooks with my students. What should I put in it? What should I put in mine? And what should they put in theirs. I've been getting that question more and more. So I thought, why not create an episode around it? Because it fits perfectly with our theme of taking a stroll and staying a while and get the most out of an experience that we can. Now, I want to start off by saying you can define what your reading response or your reading notebook looks like to you. It might be an actual notebook that you are writing in with colorful pencils and stickers. <clears throat> Your notebook might be a Goodreads account. And instead, you just keep all of your book reviews or your thoughts and comments on the book in that platform instead. Maybe you have a blog and you write about the books that you read or you put them on social media or YouTube or some other format. Maybe that's what a notebook looks like to you. So when I say notebook throughout the rest of the episode, I want you to define what notebook means to you. That doesn't mean you have to go grab a spiral bound notebook and start tracking your reading life in this way. You could if you wanted to, but it's certainly not required. Personally, I do not have a separate notebook for my reading life. Now, I do now have a separate journal 
for my reading life, a book journal to track titles and themes, but never have I ever before had a notebook that was solely for my reading life. Instead, I would bring elements of my reading life into my other notebooks, and I primarily would use Goodreads and my blog as my housing place for all of those things. Now, that's actually the reason why I started my Goodreads account and tracking it more carefully in the first place. I was reading. I was reading a lot of books. And when it came time to talk about the books I was reading or to recommend a book to someone else, I could not remember the titles. Excuse me, my allergies are getting to me today. I couldn't remember the titles. I couldn't remember the authors. I could see the cover in my mind, but I couldn't grasp enough of the book in order to recommend it to someone else. And so I knew I was going through my reading life too quickly and I wasn't reading with enough intention or perhaps tracking with enough intention. So once you decide what notebook means to you, you're probably wondering, well, what would I even put in it? What would I put in a notebook that is just for my reading? What would I blog about? What could I put on Goodreads? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in this episode today. What are 14 things that you could put in your reading response notebook or in your reading notebook, if that's the term you prefer? Now, let's begin. Number one that you could put in your reading notebook are the goals that you have for your reading life. Go ahead and have a page in there that that really explains clearly what your why is as a reader. Do you want to experience all those health benefits, physical, emotional, mental? Do you want to better connect with other readers? Do you want to become a better reading teacher to connect with your students? Do you just want to cultivate that reading as a hobby because it's something you enjoy? What are your goals? What do you want to do as a reader? A page in your notebook that you continually update as you reach those goals and then set new ones can be a very powerful page to have. Now, number two could be a page about yourself as a reader. What kind of reader are you? Where do you like to read? How do you like to read? When do you like to read? What format do you prefer to read in? What age group of books do you love to read in? What's your favorite genres? Who are your favorite authors? Thinking about the kind of reader that you are, noting that somehow, and then giving yourself full permission to indulge in whatever kind of reader you want to be is essential to a beautiful reading life and something that can be really wonderful to track over time in a notebook. Both of these things are things that I have done, but I've never housed them in the same place. Although as a result of this episode, I'm certainly reconsidering that. Now up next, number three is a tracker. Why not track your reading habits in your reading notebook? This might be printing out a yearly calendar or a monthly calendar and shading in the days that you found the time to read. Or it could be a typical habit tracker where you're shading in more of a table of boxes to show the number of days that you've read. Number four is a list of titles and their authors of the books that you've read. Right? So this is a typical one. Simply have a notebook that houses all of the books that you wanted to read. 
or I'm sorry, all the books that you have read. And then go ahead and add a book, a list of your TBR books that you want to read. And while you're at it, you might even have a list of the did not finish books as well. So idea number four is to just start creating lists of books, books you've read, books you want to read, books you did not finish. And maybe you even put in an R, I'm sorry, an NRN label, which is not right now. So I didn't finish it, but I think I'm going to come back to it at another time. Now up next, number five is actually my favorite. And that is to keep track of the compelling quotes that you find in your reading. I am a quote collector. Now I haven't necessarily put this in a single notebook before. I do have a quote notebook, but it's not just quotes from my reading life. But I do have an album on my phone. And when I come across a quote in a book that I love, I will snap a picture of it. And then I will put it into an album on my phone that is simply book quotes. And so I have it there at the ready, but this is something that you could certainly have an entire section on inside your reading response notebook. So let's see, let me give you two of my all-time favorites. I love Wish Tree by Catherine Applegate. I even have a Wish Tree necklace. And one line that I've lifted from her book is, it is a great gift indeed to love who you are. Fish in a Tree by Linda Mullally Hunt is another one of my favorites. And this quote is, great minds don't think alike. I've got one more. This was a book that my daughter had given me to read, Cake Pop Crush by Suzanne Nelson. And it says, stop trying to make things perfect. Instead, try to make them perfectly you. I love all of those quotes and I love the feelings and emotions that they evoke when I look at them again, even if I'm not reading the book. And so that's why I think a quote collection section of your notebook would be pretty powerful. Now, up next is something I used to do with my kids in the classroom and I think would be really fun to continue as an adult, which is either to keep a list of places you've visited through books or do what we did in the classroom, which was actually print out a map, tape it, glue it, stick it to your notebook. And every time you read a book, go ahead and track the setting. We used to do that with a large map on a bulletin board. And we put in little thumbtacks with sticky notes of all of the students who read across the world. It was a beautiful display, but how fun to do that as an adult. Wanderlust was our theme not too long ago, so why not keep track of the places that we are visiting through books? Again, a simple list could work, or better yet, print out a couple of maps and have a section in your notebook for the places that you've traveled through your pages. Now, number seven are your personal reactions and your personal thoughts, right? Have you ever read a book where you just needed to go write about it in your notebook, or you needed to write about it online, or you needed to pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah, those are the things that I'm talking about. Go ahead and put the title and page at the top and just jot down what the book is bringing up for you. Whether it's questions, things you liked, things you hated, lessons you learned, things that you're considering, whatever comes up in your mind as you read, consider putting it on the page. 
That way you've got a better record of your thinking and we know what we write down sticks more than what we don't. So you'll better remember it and then hopefully better apply the lessons you've learned from the book to your own life. Now related, number eight is quite similar to this one, but instead of writing your thoughts and reactions, consider sketchnoting. I love sketchnoting. Sketchnoting is a combination of text and pictures and structural elements. So think arrows and bolded items and banners. It's basically drawing your thinking instead of only writing your thinking. So you're basically doodling with a purpose. And as you're reading, you don't have to write bullet points or complete sentences. You can capture phrases. You can draw something. You can do something in color or with stickers that is going to make the idea pop out to you. So it's sharing your personal thoughts and reactions, but not in text form, only in a sketchnote form. Now, number nine is another list. I've got a couple of lists for you to add to your reading response notebook. And number nine is simply a list of the authors you love. Who are the authors you love? I love Jenny Colgan, right? I love all things chocolate and cupcake cafe. I love Colleen Hoover. I am now a diehard fan of Rebecca Searle after reading One Italian Summer and In Five Years. I have authors that I know I can go to when I need a book that is going to be right for me. And so keeping a page of those authors that seem to be speaking your bookish language is a great way to build your reading life over time right? Dig into their backlist, see what they've got that you didn't know about yet. I was shocked. Some of the backlist books I found of authors I've recently discovered, and that can fuel a reading life for a very long time. Now, number 10 is another list. This is a fun one. This is one that I used to do with my students, and I have kind of scattered throughout my actual writing notebook. And that is a list of characters I wish were real. (laughs) The characters that you felt so connected to that you really thought if you just went down the road to the coffee shop, maybe they would be sitting there. Or the characters that taught you such a lesson, gave you such an emotional reaction. Keep track of them. Keep track of them as if they were friends, as if they were buddies or acquaintances that you want to remember. I love going back to my old journal entries when I see that I've done this because it reminds me of why. I connected with them. Maybe I wanted to be like them. Maybe I didn't want to be like them. Maybe I wanted them as a friend. Either way, seeing those reactions I had reminded me of something that I thought was missing in my own life. And it was a good lesson that perhaps I needed a little bit more of someone like this character. It's definitely bibliotherapy at its finest. Now, number 11 is a fun thing to add. Go ahead and start collecting those fun new words that you either loved, had never used, or simply didn't even know existed. I started keeping a page of this myself in my regular writer's notebook when I was reading The Switch by, oh goodness, The Switch. I cannot think of the author's name right now. I apologize. I'll have to put that in the notes. But The Switch was one of our book club books a while back. I absolutely loved it. But there were words set over in England and London. There were words I didn't know um, that I had to look up that now I try to use 
whenever because I love the sound of them. But keeping track of some of those things, uh, some of those words that are just new or inspiring or different or you want to hang on to, just like we can be quote collectors, we can be word collectors. Now, number 12 is if you're reading nonfiction or if your fiction book has an element of nonfiction in it, go ahead and keep a, pa a page of cool facts you've learned. Did you learn something about um, the location of the book? Did you learn a fact about a concept? Right now, I'm reading Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, who is the author of uh, The Story Life of A.J. Fickrey. And I am learning more about gaming and gaming language and coding than I ever thought I would read from a fiction book. And I am jotting some of those things down because they're interesting. I don't want to hang on to them. Actually, I want to impress my children, um, but that's another story. But a page of really cool facts that you've learned. And this is a really good point for me to interrupt myself and say, I've been talking about books here. We're talking about a reading notebook, but this doesn't apply to just books. This could apply to anything that you've read or listened to or even viewed. So it could be an article, a newspaper article, an online article, a blog post, a podcast, something that you saw on social media. This reading response journal doesn't just have to be around books. It can be about any kind of media that you're taking in. And that cool facts page is a really good couple of pages to have to see how you're making sense of all of the information around you. Every opportunity we have is an opportunity to learn. And I love keeping track of all of those tidbits I find. That's why I love my Friday blog post so much, what I'm reading, writing, learning, and loving. I collect all of those things all week and I love putting them together. And so a page like this in your notebook could help you pull together what you're learning or paying attention to as well. Now, number 13 is a list of books to recommend to others and why. Now, I mentioned this is something that I continually struggle with because I have a hard time going back and in, in my mental files and checking those books that I would recommend. Unless they are true standouts, I usually have to get onto Goodreads and browse the covers for something to spark. But a page in your notebook could be dedicated to the books that you know someone in your life would like to read. Normally, as we're reading a book, I, or as I'm reading a book, I think, oh, so-and-so would love that. I remember when I was reading um, a book about a memoir about motherhood in my head, I went, oh, Logan would like that, right? Thankfully, I remember to tell Logan, but I might not in another book. So a page where you jot down who you think would like particular books in your life is a really good practice. I love doing this with students too, where we have lots of educators in this group. And I used to keep a running list as I read children's literature of which child I thought would like it to help match those books to those younger readers. Now, my next one is actually one of my favorites because my current notebooks are filled with these, but I think having a dedicated space for them would be wonderful. And that is a page to collect all of my sticky notes. So I, like many of you in the group, love marking the text in some way. I tend not to write in it. I just can't bring myself to do that. And I won't dog ear them either, but I will use flags 
and colorful sticky notes and other kinds of highlighting methods. So I've taken those highlighting methods and I've collected them and I've saved them. Now you can't necessarily do this with sticky note flags or book darts, but if I'm reading a book, let's say from the library and I know it's not mine and I put sticky notes in it because I want to remember the quotes or the things that it brought up, I want a place for those sticky notes. I want to remember them. And so scattered in my journals right now, but maybe now in one dedicated journal, is simply a page with the title and author at the top. And then I transfer my sticky notes to that page so that I just have pages of sticky notes of things that I'd want to remember. Those are some of my favorite pages. And then finally, I've got a little bonus. I know I said 14, but I've got one more here. And that is to write to the author. I know, it seems kind of strange, right? When I was in school, I remember my teachers used to make me write pretend letters to the characters, and I hated it because I knew I would never be able to give my letter to the character. Like, what was the point? But when I was able to write to the author, and I knew there was a potential to give that letter to the author, that was a game changer. And so I find myself, as I am reading books, I will actually talk out loud to the author. When I finished Book Lovers, I closed that book and I hopped up and I said into the air, Emily Henry, you need to write another book. Or when I just finished In Five Years by Rebecca Searle, I literally had a little conversation with her of how incredibly shocking that ending was and how does she get her ideas to have something like that. Do you do that too? Or is this just me talking out loud to other people? In your notebook, you might capture some of these. Now, I admit, I do this less in my notebook, and instead, I just go right to social media. And if I have a thought I want to share with the author, I post it, I tweet it, I put it on Instagram, I send them a, a message or an email. And I would say at least 50% of the time, I usually get some sort of response. Even if it is just liking the post, that is validation as a reader. And so having a place in your notebook where you could kind of collect these ideas, if you get brave enough to actually reach out to those authors, that can be a pretty powerful section too. Okay, so there were 15 ideas for an adult reading response notebook or an adult reading notebook. And all of these lessons can certainly be applied to young people if we are educators trying to figure out what response notebooks might look like too. But of course, you know what I'm going to ask you right now. What would you put in a reading response notebook? What do you put in your reading response notebook that I haven't captured here? I would love to compile an even longer list of possibilities to put inside the notebooks. Now, as a quick little surprise at the end, I was so grateful for so for how many of you reached out to me after one of my previous episodes on helping me pick a reading journal. So many of you said, you should just make one. You love Canva. Go on and make one. I think you should do it. And I've, I've tried. I am trying. I'm actually working with someone who's going to help me make it a little bit prettier than what my capabilities are in Canva. And some of these ideas are working its way into my reading journal as well. So I want to keep those ideas coming. Let me know what you would put inside your reading response notebook in the comments, and we'll create a nice long list that we could print out. 
I will put this list into a handout of sorts once we all share additional ideas. And then we could print out that list. We could tape it into the front of a notebook and have an instant reading response notebook ready to go. All right, that's it for me. I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at www.alitlife.com. You'll also find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life there, like book lists, notebooking ideas, personalized book recommendations, and an invitation to join my Get Literate members community. Each month, we take a deep dive into one bookish theme and work to bring it to life in our own lives. You'll get a monthly bibliotherapy book calendar with a book recommendation for every day of the month, bonus episodes, live book club sessions, and much more. Learn more at www.getliterate.co.